Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. It is 2 o'clock. Time for the top two stories at 2 o'clock. Actually, it's 2.06. I don't want to get you thrown off if you're uh, looking down at the clock on the uh, radio there as you drive the car thinking, what's he talking about? It's t-. Anyway, it's 2.06. Close enough to 2 o'clock to call it the top two at 2 o'clock. The top two stories. What qualifies as a top two at 2 o'clock? Well, as I say each day, it's something worthy of discussion in your home around the kitchen table in the evening as you break bread with those you love. If it's happening in the world and it's relevant to our lives, uh, it is often worthy of discussion uh, with those we love around the kitchen table. And so hopefully each day as you hear these top two at two, uh, you'll have a little bit of fodder for the conversation in the evening. Uh, the top story, of course, today must be the the first day of the proceedings in the Senate impeachment trial against Uh, former President Donald Trump. What has happened thus far today? Uh, Well, you heard Boyd and I summarized just before the 2 o'clock hour struck. What has happened thus far is the House impeachment managers. Uh, Those are the members of the House of Representatives charged with uh, bringing a case against the, the president, against the pursuing and prosecuting the article of impeachment, inciting an insurrection. And then the defense side, obviously, is in place to defend against that. But the the first day, we are not yet to the merits or lack thereof contained within the article of impeachment. No, today is two hours allotted to each side, the House managers with two, the defense attorneys with two, and you've heard uh, from them. Each side is able to make the case for or against the constitutionality of the whole trial. Earlier this morning, Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland kicked things off as the lead House manager with a video, uh, which for about 10 minutes minutes walked us through again the events that transpired on January 6th, when through violence and fear and terror, the United States Capitol was overrun, the perimeter breached. Five people ultimately losing their lives because of the events of that day. Is it constitutional to today be holding a Senate trial, an impeachment trial, against former President Donald Trump? That's the crux of today's arguments. That's the question that each team is attempting or was expected to attempt to convince, right? House managers view it as constitutional. The pair of 
defense attorneys on the part of former President Trump uh, argue against that. We have heard thus far uh, during just the opening remarks, and we, we we limited the broadcast to the opening remarks, thinking that that would be essentially a summary of the position held by each of the teams. We didn't get that exactly from each team. Uh, there was, as you heard me chatting with Boyd Matheson, there was much attention placed on the emotional elements of the whole environment surrounding, the whole atmosphere, I should say, surrounding this trial here today. And then we heard, uh, so that that was the the managers on the side looking to convict the president, the side looking to acquit, uh, led by Bruce Castor Jr. Uh, he spoke for about 45 minutes. And I, I don't want to be rude, uh, but it was uh, seemingly a long and meandering uh, free thought experience. Uh, exercise. As I watched him uh, at the lectern there, I, I saw very little, by the way, of notes. It was clear that he wasn't reading, that he was rather extemporaneizing, extempa, yeah, speaking off the cuff, <laughs> as I attempt to do myself each day. Uh, and he, he took us on uh, quite a journey. There was a moment where we hearkened back to his younger days as a eight or nine-year-old boy listening to uh, a spoken word record uh, recorded by a former senator, Everett Dirksen. Uh, he talked a lot about um, free speech. He talked much about the balance between uh, freedom and security. He talked much about uh, the, the unfairness that he viewed was being leveled against uh, his side, uh, by the op- by the opposing side but in terms of constitutional arguments i have to be honest not much time was spent on that question right now speaking uh from the floor of the senate is uh, david Schoen. he also a an, an attorney working on the part uh, f- on behalf of former president donald trump a defense learn- lawyer we haven't heard yet from him but l- let's give him l- let's see what he's talking about now this rushed process was, suggesting that the underlying events were a matter for the judicial system to investigate, not one for a rushed political process. Finally, Mr. Cole admonished his fellow House members, telling them, we need to recognize that we are following a flawed process. The alarm Mr. Cole sounded went unheeded. Now let us consider the process in the House that actually was due. The House managers assert in the memorandum that the House serves as a grand jury and prosecutor under the Constitution. They told you that again today. If this is accurate, then they highlight the complete failure to adhere to due process. There you have uh, just a quick look at the continued argument being made by the defense counsel. Uh, and now, just so you don't think we're, we're playing favorites or being unfair or unequal with time or anything like that, uh, the, the the way we approach the day here at KSL News Radio, we were we we decided to air the opening statements from each side. Uh, the the subsequent arguments by you know the support cast of characters uh, we'll we'll summarize and bring to you later on. But the opening statements, as you heard, delivered by Representative Jamie Raskin on the impeachment manager side. Uh, and the remarks on the defense side delivered by Bruce Castor, uh, we aired those in their entirety. And I'd be interested to, to hear from you. 
if you had occasion to listen into any of this, would you share your thoughts and your observations? Has your view been swayed one direction or the other? Do you think it's possible that anyone's view will be swayed during the course of this impeachment proceeding, the Senate trial? 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear what you have to say. And the second story, real quickly, of the day uh, is something we're going to cover here after the break. Uh, A fascinating study recently emerged from Brigham Young University. It has to do uh, with teenage girls and social media and where that puts them at risk. Uh, BYU professor will join us next to share the observations she has made, she and her team, after this 10-year study looking at an elevated suicide risk for excessive social media use by young girls. Details on that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.